Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, your boy, Ruby Rube. Welcome to the Gathering Strength Podcast, where we uncover the power within to overcome life's challenges. In today's episode, I'm going to dive into the fascinating topic of old habits die hard. You've heard that phrase, right? Man, these old habits, they die hard. If you haven't heard that that uh, old adage, well, you're going to learn today. Warren Buffett, he's the one that said, the more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, today you are going to learn. Now join me. I'm inviting you to go on and explore with me and navigate this treacherous terrain of ingrained behaviors like a determined mountaineer scaling a stubborn mountain peak. Through captivating stories, expert insights, and maybe even a few fart jokes sprinkled in here and there, we'll explore how to conquer the formidable forces that keep us shackled to old habits. Get ready to gather your strength and break free. Before we dive any deeper into that old adage of old habits dying hard, man, how come when we want to stop doing something, it's so hard, right? And how come when we want to start doing or implementing a good habit, why is that so hard? How come everything has to be so hard? (sighs) Hopefully, I can enlighten you on some of these psychological factors that keep us shackled. Now, what is a habit? Now, what is a habit? Oh, hey, glad you asked. A habit is a routine or behavior that is performed regularly and often involuntarily. It is a pattern of action that becomes automatic and ingrained over time. Habits can be conscious or subconscious and can encompass a wide range of actions from simple daily rituals to complex behavioral patterns. They are often formed through repetition and reinforcement and can influence various aspects of our lives, including our thoughts, actions, and our freaking emotions. Habits can be both beneficial and detrimental, and understanding the nature is crucial for personal growth and behavior change. Now that we have an understanding of what a habit is, how can we discern between a good habit and a bad habit? Well, hey, man, I'm glad you asked. Once again, you go and learn, and therefore, as a byproduct of you learning, you go and earn. Your knowledge is going to pay you some dividends today. Now, onward to the knowledge. Alignment with values and goals. Now, de- determining whether a habit is good or bad, that is going to depend on its impact of your well-being, the, your goals, and your values. Now, here are a few considerations to help assess the nature of a habit. Like I've already mentioned, the alignment with values and your goals. Evaluate whether the habit aligns with your personal values and long-term goals. Now, how do you know what your personal values are? You might have a vague understanding of what your personal values are, but I find that if you were to write them down and be able to clarify and articulate what those personal values are, then those thoughts are going to be in the forefront of your mind. And because they're in the forefront of your mind, that is going to help direct you and help navigate you through all of your choices, through breaking some of the bad choices that are not aligning with your personal goals and contributing towards solidifying and implementing a good habit. So write down your personal goals, and your personal values. Now, after you write those personal goals and values down, you have another question to ask yourself. 
Does your habit contribute positively to your physical health? How about your mental well-being, your relationships? Because once again, going back to that journaling aspect, you know, your personal values, you can break those down into subcategories. What do you value personally as it pertains to your physical health? What are your long-term goals in regards to your physical health? Same deal with your mental health. What are your values when it comes to your mental health? What are your long-term goals in regards to your mental well-being? And same deal with your relationships and your personal development. Now, a habit that supports your values and helps you progress towards your desired outcomes, hey, that's generally considered good. Give yourself a pat on the back because you are on your way. Some more attributes to measure and be able to differentiate between a good habit and a bad habit is the positive impact on your life. Assess the overall impact of the habit on your life. Does it enhance your productivity, your happiness, your overall quality of life? Well, good, because good habits, they're supposed to do that. They promote well-being, personal growth, and positive outcomes in various areas of life. And guess what? Your bad habits... They're going to go against all that. Your bad habits can't produce good results. Your bad habits, they only produce bad results. Makes sense, right? When you think about it on that elementary level. Like if you are expecting your bad habits to produce something good, you can't have bad physical habits as it pertains to your fitness and look in the mirror and expect a six-pack or be able to lift heavy ass weight, you know, can, uh, uh, being a- able to lift heavy weight, knowing that damn well you have been neglecting your good habits and you have been feeding all of your bad habits. Unfortunately, today is not opposite day. It's never opposite day. And we need to be able to implement more of our good habits. Come on, people. You know what I'm talking about. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Another attribute to measure a good habit is balance and moderation. Examine whether the habit promotes balance and moderation in your life. Avoid habits that lead to excessive or harmful behaviors, such as addictions or dependencies. Good habits typically encourage a balanced approach to life. Consistency and sustainability. Evaluate whether the habit can be consistently practiced and sustained over time. Good habits are often those that you can maintain in the long run rather than being short-lived and unsustainable. Now, because we're all different people, you know, my good habits and practices, they might not be something that is beneficial for you. You know, there are some underlying good habits that are universally applicable to everybody, and we will discuss some of those. But it's important to note that the categorization of habits as good or bad can vary depending on individual circumstances and perspectives. What might be a beneficial habit for one person may not necessarily apply to another. Yep, you know, because we're all different. It's essential to reflect on your own values, goals, and well-being when assessing the nature of a habit. Additionally, seeking input from trusted individuals such as mentors, therapists, or supportive friends can provide valuable perspectives on the habits you are evaluating. 
Now we have learned and identified what a habit is and how to discern between a good habit and a bad habit. Let's dive in and dig a little bit deeper on the psychological level of what a habit is. Now, on a psychological level, these old habits, they die hard for several factors. Number one is going to be neural pathways. Oh, yeah. Do you know what a neural pathway is? Well, you're going to learn today. And you know what's funny about these neural pathways is that you can't see a neural pathway. You don't look inside your brain and identify like, oh, hey, that's that's my neural pathway. But just understand that there's some geniuses, some smart people, and they have studied this. They have written fancy scientific papers, and other smart people have all agreed and studied, you know, the the human. And now they have walked away with some awesome insight on how our freaking brains work. Now, to enlighten you a little bit more on these neural pathways, habits are deeply ingrained patterns of behavior that have been reinforced over time. When we repeat a behavior consistently, neural pathways in our brain are formed, making it easier for the brain to assess and execute that behavior. These pathways become stronger and more automatic with each repetition, making it difficult to break the habit. Now, that reminds me of a piece of information. I believe I learned it from a podcast. I forget who said it, so my bad for not being able to give credit properly to this influential person. But they compared um, our habits and these neural pathways to a skier on a mountain. And if you have never been skiing, don't worry. Just imagine like a foothill, right? You're, You're walking in a foothill and there's a path. But for those people who have been skiing... I'm going to use some imagery to paint that picture. So here we have, imagine a skier descending down a mountain, right? It's a untouched, pristine mountain of just snow. And now that first person goes down and they carve the same path. And then someone else goes, you know, like for example, another thought or another action goes down. They identify that that path and they're like, oh, hey, all right, someone went down this path. I'm going to go down this path again. And then as time goes by, more and more people, more and more actions, more and more efforts go down that pathway. And it carves that pathway even deeper and deeper. Now with each person, action, or thought going down that that groove in the snow, it becomes more deeply ingrained. Much like a bad habit etches its mark on our lives. Uh, The skier, bound by the familiarity of the well-worn track, finds comfort in the receptive motion, and though it may lead them down a less desirable slope, they continue, because it's easy, man. As the skier continues on his habitual path, they become oblivious to the breathtaking possibilities beyond that path, because it's all that they know. That's all that they know. The unexplored slopes with their majestic views and the thrilling challenges, well, you know, those are going to remain untouched, unlooked at, unexplored, because the skier, eh, which is yourself, remains trapped in the cycle of their routine. And with enough time, you're unable to break free of getting out of those grooves. And then some more imagery to pile on breaking that habit or filling up that groove, that person, they spoken about how the only way to get rid of that groove 
is for more snow to be piled on top of that groove which buries it. And that snow is going to be compared to knowledge. Right? So with every little snowflake piling on top of that old groove, groove, every single piece of knowledge and information and positive action buries that old groove. And you start with a new pristine untouched uh, mountainside or in in the habit case a brand new habit now much like the skier that the person in our lives um, with each d- deliberate action that we do to help carve ourselves out you know we're able to redefine our course and create fresh tracks in the snow and those fresh tracks they gradually replace the old with the new. Now it's gonna take effort, it's not easy, but nothing in life worth doing is easy. It's gonna take effort and perseverance and a willingness to embrace the unknown. But by breaking away from the familiar groove, we discover the exhilaration of growth and the joy of conquering new challenges. The skier, much like ourselves, it teaches us that our lives, like the mountain, offer endless opportunities for exploration and change. So we're going to need to be brave enough to venture off the well-trodden path and carve a new course, leaving our bad habits behind and embracing the transformative journey ahead. Now a few more psychological contributors that contribute to these bad habits is a sense of control. Old habits give us a feeling of control over our actions and environment. By engaging in habitual behaviors, we have a sense of mastery and familiarity with those actions. It allows us to navigate familiar situations without having to invest much conscious thought or effort. This sense of control can be um, psychologically reassuring and contribute to a sense of self-efficiency. Some more things that add up against the overall shackles that enslave us is the resistance to uncertainty. Man, us humans, we don't like uncertainty. Breaking old habits introduce uncertainty and disrupts the established routine. Uncertainty is often associated with discomfort and anxiety because it involves stepping into the unknown. The brain has a natural inclination to avoid uncertainty and seeks stability and familiarity. As a result, when faced with the prospect of breaking old habits, the brain may resist the change to maintain a sense of comfort and minimize the potential negative emotions associated with uncertainty. In the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Dr. Kamen, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, I finished reading his book a while back and it is uh, it is enlightening on how much I, I didn't know about the brain, man. It's crazy. We have a brain, yet we know little about how our own brains work. Now, when you understand and read up on, you know, these psychology, these human behavior studies, you know, we are not the exception to the rule. We might read it and be like, oh, hey, uh, that's interesting. But when you read it and you apply it to yourself, that's when those aha moments, that light bulb illuminates and flickers on and off above your head. And now because you were once in the dark, hey, knowledge is power. Knowledge has the power to illuminate those dark places and now because you know you know and now you're about to know about this rat study that 
I was going to be getting to be, before I digressed onto that illumination of ignorance with knowledge. Now, that rat study that Dr. Kamen in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, um, that he conducted was that, well, you know, first of all, they study rats because um, they're, they're mammals and are the way that they the way that rats are and humans are, they're very similar, especially because one, they're, they're mammals, we're mammals, and rats, they also have a hierarchy, they like to play, they do all the same things humans do, and that's why we study them. Now, get a kick out of this. When it comes to uncertainty and doubt and things that are unfamiliar, uh, within these rats, you know, they had their community, right? And they all knew each other, right? And one of the primary ways that they know each other is by smell. Now, what they did, they took one rat out and they sprayed and doused this rat with a a pheromone or, or the scent of a, of a nether rat. And now because it was an unfamiliar smell, guess what those rats did? Even though they knew what he looked like physically, you know, they, they were probably like, a, they were probably just doing their little rat stuff, you know, I don't know, constructing a nest, and then they got a whiff of something. And here comes Charlie coming in like everything's all good, and Charlie's like, hey guys, what's up? And then they, they smell, they get a sniff, and they look at him crazy. And Charlie's like, uh, hey guys, what's going on? And the, the, the rats who are being studied, they're like, man, we don't know you. Who are you, fool? And guess what they did? They ended up killing their boy Charlie just because he had an unfamiliar smell. Now, what the scientists were able to learn from that is that in the animal world, Something that is unfamiliar has the potential to kill you. Anything that is unknown has the potential to kill you. Anything that you're unfamiliar with, haven't seen, haven't smelled before, has the potential to kill you. Because, man, that's how it works in nature. And because we still have our monkey minds, that is how um, our, our primitive minds work. Humans, we are creatures of habit. Our brains want to keep us uh, at, at a state of homeostasis where it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it's not too hard, it's not too soft. Things are just right. And often, we pick up on these habits because they were either inherited to us or bequeathed to us. You know, we, we try to fit in through societal norms. And who knows the various ways that we pick up these habits. It, it, it doesn't really matter. The fact is that we have these habits. And if the fabit, uh, what the fabit, if the habit is not serving us and it's a detrimental to our health, then it needs to be broken. And that's where that struggle comes in. And that's why we're learning about how these habits get formed and the different implementable steps that you can use in your life to break yourself free from those shackles that, that bind you to these bad habits. Now, another reason why these habits are so damn hard to break is because the discomfort and change that comes with 
breaking these habits. Now, these old habits breaking them requires adapting to new behaviors and ways of doing things. This adaptation process can be uncomfortable as it often involves stepping out of our comfort zones and challenging established patterns. The brain, hey, you have a brain, right? Now, your brain, it prefers to conserve energy and minimize cognitive load. So, it tends to resist change and requires additional mental effort and adjustment. This resistance can manifest as a desire to revert to old habits, even if they not, may not be beneficial in the long run. Now, that cognitive load that I spoke about, that is a psychological phenomenon called cognitive ease. Now, due to this cognitive ease, our brains naturally gravitate towards the path of least resistance. Now, that involves sticking to familiar habits. Breaking old habits requires overcoming this cognitive bias and pushing through the initial discomfort of change. It involves engaging in conscious decision-making, self-regulation, and consistent effort to establish new patterns of behavior. Now, here's some more imagery with you that I'm going to share to help you get a better understanding of how these damn habits need to be burnt away. Now, imagine a forest. You are the forest, right? And you're filled with vibrant trees, lush foliage, squirrels, birds, you know, everything cute and cuddly. But there you are, burdened by the presence of deadwood, and that hampers its vitality. Now, within this forest, bad habits are like the deadwood. And the deadwood, what that does, it suffocates the potential for growth, and it stifles the emergence of new life. Now that's not good. Uh-oh. Now in order to restore balance and allow the forest to flourish, a controlled fire is ignited. Now these flames, they're going to dance through the underbrush, engulfing the decaying remnants of old habits. Now as this fire is going to consume all of the deadwood, it's going to clear the way for new seeds to sprout and for sunlight to reach the forest floor. And because that happens, fresh life is going to take root. Now this metaphor, it is used to represent that the fire is our determination and resolve to overcome all of our bad habits. Now this is the transformative force that burns away all of the obstacles, creating space for positive change to thrive. Now just as this fire is going to purify the forest, our commitment and perseverance purify our lives and this is going to allow us to let go of destructive patterns. We need to let all that sh all that fire burn away the deadwood. Now this fire, we don't just let it burn all willy-nilly because it's going to catch on to everything. Now this fire, it must be controlled. It requires our mindfulness and intention to ensure that it doesn't spread uncontrollably, causing further damage. Similarly, breaking bad habits demands a conscious effort to channel our energy in a focused and constructive manner. Now, we must cultivate the discipline to recognize, confront, and release the habits that hinder our growth. As these flames subside, the forest is going to be left with fertile ground ready for the seeds of new habits to take root and flourish. We can plant the seeds of positive routines and nurture them with consistency and perseverance. Just as young saplings rise from the ashes, our new habits can grow stronger, healthier, and more resilient. 
Now, in the end, the fire teaches us that sometimes we must let go of what no longer serves us to create space for growth and renewal. By burning away our bad habits, we clear the path for the forest of our lives to thrive. And this is going to allow vibrant and life-giving habits to take root and flourish. Now, this also reminds me of a time where my little four-year-old daughter, she's is just beginning to gain the confidence and coordination to tackle on the monkey bars. And she's small, but she is strong and she is determined. So, you know, she she's standing at the platform and she's telling me, hey, she's like, dad, get me to the first bar. I'm like, all right, I grab her by the hips and I lift her up. And now she has uh, one hand in front and one hand behind, right? Typical monkey bar, uh, monkey bar dynamics. And there she is. She starts to swing back and forth, building her momentum. And she lets go of her backhand and she swings forward and she grabs the bar that is in front. So now she is in that same position. She has one hand in the back and one hand in the front bar. And I realized, I was like, hey, there we go. That's a metaphor for life. In order to move forward, we have to let go of what's holding us back and have the confidence in ourselves and our, our abilities that our grip of what we're reaching for is going to sustain us so that we can build enough momentum to swing forward to the next bar. And now there was a moment where, you know, she she got tired and she got stuck. <laughs> so she had, once again, um, she's holding on to the bar in front and the bar in back. And she's like, and her, her momentum stopped. I'm like, all right, hey, if you want to continue to swing, you need to let go of that, of, of the back bar and propel yourself forward. And then I was like, wow. What a metaphor for life, right? We need to let go of the things that are holding us back in order to propel ourselves forward. So just like the fire, we need to burn away all of the dead wood, all of our bad habits so that, you know, the ash can fertilize the ground and the sunlight can reach the forest floor and that promotes new growth, which is going to be representative of new habits that allow for new growth and for new things to flourish. And similarly, in order for us to advance on the monkey bars of life, we need to let go of that back bar, be confident in our grip and our strength and holding on into the things that we understand and know, and let go so that we can propel and advance ourselves forward. Now to quickly summarize this podcast episode of Old Habits Dying Hard, Uh, We need to keep in mind that the neural pathways that we have in our minds have ingrained a old routine that no longer serves us. These bad habits take root because they provide comfort and familiarity. Uh, We are conditioned and these old habits are reinforced to keep us complacent. We have emotional attachment to these bad habits and our environmental triggers can provide the necessary cues that trigger us to want to partake in those self-sabotaging habits. And our bad habits, they also reinforce our identity. 
some more ways that our bad habits uh, bite us in the ass is resistance to uncertainty, discomfort with change, and man, they they give us a predictable routine and a sense of control. Uh, They also uh, give us a, a feeling of efficiency, and within our minds, they conserve our cognitive resources Uh, The bad habits also reinforce and give us rewards. They instantly gratify and, you know, they they ultimately give that internal, uh, the inner child within us that's throwing a tantrum. They give us, our bad habits give us the baba. And man, we can overcome our neuroplasticity and create new pathways that promote and provide you know, room for these good habits to grow. Now, I'm not going to be just only talking about the bad habits. I'm going to give you guys something to help loosen those shackles so that you can break yourself free and liberate yourselves. Tip number one is going to be set clear and specific goals. Define your desired outcome and set clear, specific goals for the new habit. Make sure your goals are realistic, attainable, and measurable. For example, if you want to start a habit of daily exercise, set a specific target like 30 minutes of physical activity each day. Now, if you feel that 30 minutes is too much, hey, you know, try 15. You can do 15, right? And if you feel 15 is too long, do, hey, do 7 minutes. You can do seven minutes. You can do seven minutes. Come on, keep it real. Now, here is what I found. Now, on days where I don't feel like working out, uh, I I trick myself. I tell myself, all right, you know, I'm only going to work out for 12 minutes. I can manage 12 minutes. I'm going to go into my back room, and I'm going to stretch. I'm going to do some focused push-ups, and I'm at least just going to move my body so that I can say that I did something for my physical well-being. Now, what happens during that 12 minutes is that I start to get a little pump, my blood starts circulating, and my my body starts to produce and secrete all of those positive, feel-good hormones and uh, the emotions associated with those. I start to feel good, and guess what? My little 12-minute workout turns into 25 minutes, or my 25-minute my workout turns into 45 minutes, so... Trick yourself, tell yourself that you're only going to do a quick little workout, and then I guarantee that you're going to end up putting in more time than what you planned. Tip number two is going to be start small and build momentum. Begin with small, manageable steps to establish the habit. Break down the habit into smaller actions that are easy to incorporate into your routine. Start small. And now this is going to allow you to build momentum and confidence as you gradually increase the difficulty or duration of the habit. Tip number three is going to be create reminders and triggers. Use reminders and triggers to prompt the desired behavior. Set reminders on your phone, place visual cues in your environment, or link the habit to an existing routine. For example, if you want to develop a habit of reading before bed, place a book on your nightstand nightstand as a visual reminder. Tip number four is going to be establish a routine and consistency. Consistency is going to be the key to forming a new habit. Establish a specific time and place for the habit and stick to it as consistently as possible. Incorporate the new habit into your daily or weekly routine, making it a non-negotiable part of your schedule. 
Tip number five is going to be track progress and celebrate milestones. Keep track of your progress to stay motivated and celebrate milestones along the way. Use a habit tracker or journal to record your efforts and mark each successful completion of the habit. Celebrating milestones reinforces positive behavior and boosts your motivation to continue. Remember that starting a new habit requires patience, persistence, and self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. If you miss a day or face challenges along the way, it's all good. Just know that you're human. Keep Keep adapting and refining your approach as needed. Don't be discouraged by setbacks. With consistent effort and a positive mindset, you can successfully start and maintain a new habit. Now, because I am a father and I would consider myself to be a role model to my kids, now, how can I expect my kids to form and or break, you know, these good and bad habits? How can I expect them to do that when I'm not willing to do the work myself? You know, because there are some people with a lopsided uh, parenting philosophy where they say, hey, do as I say, not as I do. But unfortunately, that's not how the world works. Our children are going to see the things that we do. They're going to pick up on our bad habits. And man, if we can't break our bad habits and implement these good habits, well, I think that we are potentially setting up our children for a more challenging life where they could be potentially, you know, dealing with something that is going to be good, you know, like focusing on focusing on their creativity or focusing on growth. They're going to be focusing on, "Hey, how do I break this bad habit that I inherited from my father?" You can do it. I'm rooting for you. There are some bad habits that I'm still currently working on trying to liberate myself from, but hey, man, you know, little by little, small actionable steps I know I will get there Uh, thank you so much for listening if you made it to the end of the podcast like and subscribe give me a follow don't forget to share me with a buddy or pal and until next time it's onward always onward